Welcome everybody to another episode of Wrestling City, a pro wrestling podcast. This is Mike, and this week I am riding solo without my tag team partner Ryan. He had some personal things he had to do today. Um, therefore, we spoke, and I said, "Dude, I normally don't like to ride solo without my tag team partner." But he said he's cool with it. I said, "You know what? I'll do it this week. I'm cool with it." You know, we got Survivor Series coming up. We had a, a couple other few things that that you know in the world of pro wrestling that. We wanted to talk about, but we will get to it next week. We will. Today, we were going to solely focus on Survivor Series. So even if Ryan was with me on this show today, this was going to be a all-out Survivor Series show, just like we did for you for AEW Full Gear a few weeks ago. This was going to be a dedicated show to Survivor Series. Um, it is WWE's, you know... You know, third biggest show of the year. Actually, fourth biggest show of the year. Because you get Royal Rumble. Then you get WrestleMania. Then SummerSlam. And then we end the year with Survivor Series. So, the fourth biggest show of the year. And my thoughts on this being a big show. This this is technically a big show. Now, when you look at it back in the, in the 90s and the early 2000s. You know, you had your traditional Survivor Series matches, like always. You know, back in the, you know, 90s, you had teams that were put together, you know, and five-on-fives. And then as we got into the, you know, 2000s, where they split Raw and SmackDown rosters after the uh, Monday war- Monday Night uh, War Attitude Era days, you know, they split the rosters between SmackDown and Raw, and then you had your Raw versus SmackDown teams. Um but then you still had championship matches. And for the past few years, we've seen Raw vs. SmackDown, Champions vs. Champions, um, with the exception of last year where we had championship matches. For example, you know, Rey Mysterio against Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. Um, this year, they're going back to the tradition. And again, with last year, we've seen NXT involved. This year, we're not seeing NXT involved. Uh, which me personally, I'm kind of upset about that. I would have loved to see NXT, you know, continue and be involved in Survivor Series like they were last year. I thought last year's Survivor Series was one hell of a show involving NXT. But this year, going back to the Raw and SmackDown, Raw vs. SmackDown uh, concept, isn't a bad idea either because we got seven matches on Sunday night. And they're pretty good matches. Pretty good lineup. Even with the Survivor Series teams. And with the champions that are going to be facing each other. We we got a pretty good lineup coming up. And, you know, Ryan texted me his picks for Survivor Series. I'm going to give you his picks. I'm going to give you my picks. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Survivor Series. Again, this is... This is going to be a little hard not doing this without my tag team partner, but... I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to truck through and we're going to give you some content here today on Wrestling City and um have a little bit of fun. So um so yeah, I'm going to take a, about a 30 second break and then I'm going to go ahead and get into uh the rundown of Survivor Series when I get back here on Wrestling City. 
What's up, Wrestling City fans? This is Mike from Wrestling City, a pro wrestling podcast. You know, the holidays are coming up, and I know with this pandemic, things are going to be a little shaky, a little tough, not so easy to get for your friends or family, or even that secret Santa at work for your coworker that, uh, you know, you pick their name out of the hat or the bag or however you're going to do it at work. And if you have any spending limits, I got the perfect place. I mean, they may like getting a tattoo. They may like getting a piercing. They may need new, need new jewelry for that piercing they already have existing. Or they may have a tattoo they want to get covered up. You know, something they got in the past and uh, they don't like right now and they're not going to like in the future. I got the perfect place. Here in Allentown, Pennsylvania, I got the perfect shop to go to. Critical Acclaim Tattoo. They're located at 3035 Lehigh Street, Allentown, Pennsylvania, 18103. I get my tattoo work done there, and I get my piercings done there. Great staff. Brandon's a great owner, and he's got a great staff of people working for him. Shelby, Lulu, even Aaron, and beyond. He's got a few people helping out the shop throughout the weeks, and they'd like to see you guys walk in. And hey, even though we got to wear those masks right now to protect ourselves from COVID-19, they still would like to see your smiling faces walk through the door every day. So... Head over to Critical Acclaim Tattoo, 3035 Lehigh Street, Allentown, Pennsylvania, or you can give them a call. Schedule an appointment, 610-433-8282. Again, that's Critical Acclaim Tattoo at 3035 Lehigh Street, Allentown, Pennsylvania, 18103. The phone number again is 610-433-8282. We are back here on Wrestling City, a pro wrestling podcast, and we're going to run down Survivor Series a little bit here. Um, like I said in the open, uh, Ryan actually texted me his picks for Survivor Series. Um, like we did with Full Gear, we're gonna um, we ran down the matches. Uh, we gave our picks on who we thought was gonna win, and um, you know, and just just to kind of uh, review the Full Gear thing real quick, um, I spoke to Ryan on the phone earlier today, and I said to him, I got really excited. I said, "Wow, I went undefeated at Full Gear," and he said. So did I. And I said, you did? I thought you lost one match. He said, no, I went undefeated. And I said, okay, well, let me look. I looked at the paper, and here, he went undefeated, and I lost one match. I lost the pre-show match, the buy-in match, the Allison K versus Serena Deves for the NWA title. I thought Allison K was going to become a, a, a two-time NWA Women's Champion, but I was wrong. I was wrong on my pick. Ryan was right. Ryan went undefeated. So, congratulations to Ryan for going, uh, going, uh, you know, I, I guess you can call it loseless because he didn't lose a match. He won every match where I ended up losing one. And so, um, Ryan, Ryan had me beat at full gear and I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm... I am okay with it uh, because me and him are going to have many, many more pay-per-views to go over, many, many more pay-per-views to pick in the future and predict and pretty much have a little bit of a challenge on, on who gets how many more right. And to kind of segue into something to talk about like that, Survivor Series. He made picks, I made picks, and... Gonna do a rundown of the matches right now. We're gonna kick things off 
with the kickoff show. Now, it was announced earlier, I believe it was Friday, that there is going to be a 20-man over-the-top rope battle royal, a a co-brand or a, a inner brand battle royal, I guess you can call it. There's going to be 10 Raw, 10 SmackDown guys. Ryan picked Big E, and I'm also picking Big E. I was going to go Otis on this one, but then I realized Otis is in the men's traditional Survivor Series match. So I can't go Otis. So I'm going with Big E. The reason why I'm going with Big E is because he's he's starting to play a more significant role on SmackDown. You know, we've seen him have that little bit of a start push when Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston was out. And now he's on SmackDown without his two New Day buddies. Yeah, he's been having his little, you know, clips here and there with the Street Profits. And getting to that in a few moments uh, when we get to the, when it gets, when we start talking about the tag team match. But Biggie is very slowly starting to get that push. That push that everybody is clamming for. And I'll admit this, I'm clamming for a Biggie push because when he first came in with Dolph Ziggler, I mean, this guy was monstrous looking. And he still is a monster looking dude. He's actually gotten a little bigger since he's come into WWE. And so I think it is time for a Big E push. And this Battle Royal, I believe, is going to be that start of that big push going into, you know, Royal Rumble season, going into WrestleMania season. I mean, could we see Big E headline WrestleMania? Could we see him go into the Royal Rumble and win the Rumble and go to Mania? It's a possibility. We weren't expecting, I mean, who really thought, and that's that's my question for you guys, did you guys really think for one second, even though Drew McIntyre kept coming out, and saying he's going to win the Royal Rumble and go to WrestleMania. That he was actually going to win the Royal Rumble and go to WrestleMania? I didn't. Because in pro wrestling, you know, in pro wrestling and WWE, you have those guys that come out and they say, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble and I'm going to go to WrestleMania. So, it's all the matter of fact of, could Big E come out and say he's going to win the Royal Rumble and actually win the Royal Rumble and go to WrestleMania? Or is he going to be one of those guys where he says, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble, go to WrestleMania, and then fall short? I guess we're going to start finding out as the weeks go on whether Big E's going to finally start getting that push or not. But this could be a good start for him. Win a battle royal at your fourth biggest pay-per-view of the year just to kind of give that little bit of a snippet of, okay, let's see how the reaction is and see if we can give him that opportunity to win the Royal Rumble. I don't know. But hopefully Big E finally gets that push that, that he does deserve. Uh, he's been working hard since his uh, his uh, introduction into WWE back in 2000, you know, 2012, 2013 when he came out with Dolph Ziggler and... Uh, and AJ Lee. So hopefully, hopefully Big E does. I mean, he's he's 
one hell of an athlete. He's a freak athlete. And, I mean, he moves very well for a big guy. And, you know, we've seen him in decently high-profile matches. You know, one recently with Sheamus not too long ago. I mean, and who, who can... And I understand Sheamus hasn't been that headlining guy in the past couple years. But you still got to kind of consider Sheamus a top guy in a sense. I mean, he came in and right off the bat started dominating. You know, came in, took on John Cena, won the WWE Championship in what, six short months? Maybe more? But still didn't take him long to do it. And he came in. And showed dominance. And then when he was in the bar with Cesaro, dominant tag team. Won the tag team titles a couple times. Not only on Raw, but I believe on SmackDown as well. So they have won tag team titles in, in on both shows. But nonetheless, and if I'm wrong, you know, you guys you guys can correct me. You know, you hit me up on my social medias. I'll drop that at you know probably at the end of the show if you want to hit me up on social media. But nonetheless, this is this uh, this is Big E's time. This is Big E's time. You know, we've seen Kofi get his his run. You know, which was well deserved after eleven years, and now we're starting to hit the eight year mark of Big E. So I think it's Big E's time. So we'll see. And I, I and I know I'm talking a lot about a pre show battle royal, but this is a pre show battle royal. To where somebody can start getting a push. Who knows? So, I'm going to get into the traditional Survivor Series matches. And my first one that I want to talk about here is the men's. So, for the Raw side, we got Keith Lee, AJ Styles, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and the now renamed Riddle. Taking on, and they are on Team Raw... Taking on SmackDown's Kevin Owens, Jay Uso, Seth Rollins. I don't call him King Corbin. I still call him Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin and Otis. All these guys over the past eight months have played decently big roles. Decently. You know, Keith Lee having his run down in NXT was a transitional champion. Came right up to Raw. And now, yeah, he's playing that mid-card guy, but he came in hot. Going right after Randy Orton. Got a win over Randy Orton. And now, yeah, he's been playing the mid-card guy, you know, the the you know, the come-up guy, and you know, paying his dues, you know, building his bridges and you know, trying to, to step over him. But Keith Lee, I see him in the future. Not only hopefully. Maybe getting a little bit of an attire change. Maybe going back to the Keith Lee look that we all know. And getting some better, excuse my language, better fucking entrance music. His entrance music, I don't care. I could not get used to it. I'm not used to it. When I when I think about Keith Lee's entrance music, I think about his NXT entrance music. So, please... I don't know if anybody, I don't think anybody from WWE listens to this show, not yet anyways, but if you are part 
of the demographic that listens to this show, WWE, please, please, please give him back or make better music for Keith Lee. Then we move on to AJ Styles. And AJ Styles, I will say this, AJ Styles has been my favorite pro wrestler since 2002. Since you got to see him on national television with TNA Wrestling. Uh, He has been literally my favorite pro wrestler since then. I followed this man's whole career. And I don't even have to sit here and say or give you a rundown of AJ Styles' attributes. Sheamus. Again, I spoke about Sheamus in the open. He's still, I think, a big-time player. And he can be a big-time player. I mean, we've seen that that we've seen on Raw this past week, uh, his little thing with Drew McIntyre in the backstage, you know, reminding Drew where he came from and saying to Drew, you know, you got to bring out that warrior in you. Could we see Sheamus and Drew McIntyre? Could that have just been a little snippet or ploy from Sheamus? Could we see Sheamus go after Drew McIntyre? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, we can get into that in a little bit, either today, either towards the you know, middle of this show, or maybe just even next week. But we're going to move forward. We're going to move forward with this, because there's more guys in this match. Braun Strowman. This man should have been a world champion suitor. There are a lot of people that say Strowman can't wrestle, Strowman can't just... Strowman is a big man. 350 pounds, six foot five, six foot six. The man moves like a freaking locomotive. His entrance does not do its justice. He is a freak athlete as well. And he deserves to win more world championships than he has already won. So Braun Strowman, again, he's, and I think Braun's got a lot of years in front of him. I know he's in his mid-30s, and they usually say, you know, towards your mid-30s, close to your... That's that's crap. That is crap, because you've got guys, you know, like The Undertaker and Sting and Goldberg and all these legends who come back. Braun Strowman is a big man, and I think he's going to be a big-time player in the future. He already is, but I think he's going to continue being one. Then you got Riddle. I'm not a huge fan of Riddle. But I can't take away what he has accomplished. You know, he won tag team gold down in NXT. We didn't see him win singles gold. You know, he has, I don't believe in any sense of form, had any shot at any singles gold yet in the main roster. But Matt Riddle, my opinion, is his own worst enemy. Because, and, and, and I say that because... His mouth. You know, you hear about little things that happen backstage with Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Those are two guys right there you don't want to do that with. Because those are guys who, even if they come in for a short-term deal, are going to have more say than you. So I think if Matt Riddle would learn to just keep it closed and keep doing what he does in the ring... And take what he does in the ring backstage with it. I think he could be successful. You got Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens again. A very successful. Successful pro wrestler. Not only in the indie circuit. But 
also up in WWE, you know, becoming the... You can't really call him the first Universal Champion because Finn Balor won, but the first Universal Champion to have a reign with the title. He went on to win the United States title. He is a, what, a two or three time Intercontinental Champion. You know, and recently having a great program with Seth Rollins, you know, when the pandemic started. And even before the pandemic. Had a great, great program going with Seth Rollins. So, Kevin Owens, I think, can still be a big-time player. Jay Uso has been in WWE for a long time, has won multiple tag team titles, and now we see him in singles action, went after the Universal title the past two pay-per-views. And, in my opinion, I thought he was going to win at Hell in a Cell. I thought he was. He had Roman choked out. All he had to do was get him to say, I quit. But he couldn't. But I think, you know, Jay Uso now, and this is the cool thing, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit once we hit the, the world titles, because I have a lot to say about the Roman Reigns situation. But Jay Uso is in the right position. That's all I got to say about that. Seth Rollins, former WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Former Universal Champion, former Intercontinental Champion, former United States Champion, former Tag Team Champion, first ever NXT Champion. Royal Rumble winner. Cashed in Money of the Bank successfully at WrestleMania 31 in the main event. And he still, to this day, is a big time player and can be a main eventer. Baron Corbin. I'm really sad about Baron Corbin's situation. Because he's stag. He's stuck. And he should have been, or even, he should have been more than just a U.S. champion. He should have been Intercontinental champion by now. Hell. Who knows, right situation. When he had that money in the bank contract, he should have been world champion. Thank you, John Cena. And then we got Otis. This poor man had the money in the bank contract, lost it at Hell in a Cell to the Miz. Yeah, it's cool. Miz got the the money in the bank. But Otis, I mean, they're good. This the sad part is, is they're tearing him down. It's cool that they have him part of this team, but I have a feeling come January, we're not going to see much of Otis. So yeah, I just went on a rant about the men's. Survivor Series teams. But these are two good teams. Two really, really good teams. Which this is going to make for a really awesome men's Survivor Series match. With that being said, Ryan took Raw to win and Sheamus is the sole survivor. I took SmackDown. And I'm taking Jey Uso. And there's a reason why I'm taking Jey Uso and I'll get into that in a little bit. But Jey Uso is going to be the sole survivor in my eyes. Let's go down to the women's women's uh, traditional Survivor Series match. We got Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Lana, Lacey Evans, and Peyton Royce for the Raw team. Taking on Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Bailey, and Natalia for Team SmackDown. I will say this, and I was speaking to somebody earlier today. 
about how the women have been shining very brightly during this pandemic. You know, recently we had Selena Vega, Zelina Vega, I apologize, Zelina Vega get released by WWE. But she has been the all-star, the all-star, the shining star of this pandemic. She has taken her ball and she rolled with it. Complete all-star. Bailey. Over 265 days as SmackDown Women's Champion. Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, forming a team to become the Women's Tag Team Champions. Lana, sadly enough, getting put through tables for the past couple weeks. Last two months. Peyton Royce and the Iconics being broken up. The Riot Squad got back together. The only ones that really haven't highlighted too much, you know, Bianca Belair coming back. Natalia kind of doing her thing here and there with Lana. And the one woman we haven't seen a lot of, Lacey Evans. So both me and Ryan took Raw and Lana as the sole survivors. I'm going to say this right now. A lot of people shit on Lana. Do yourself a favor. Go watch her chronicles on WWE Network. You will, you will, earn, you will earn a new respect for Lana. I did. I like Lana. I did not like Lana before. But now I do. And I think with everything she's gone through the past couple weeks on Raw, being put through the tables, you know, she earned her spot on Team Raw. And then all the negativity she's getting hit, Lana's going to be the sole survivor of this match. I'm going to take a 30 second break. Then we're going to get into the champions versus champions at Survivor Series. And uh, to think about what these matches might lead into because there's a little bit of snippets in these matches. A lot of good setup, and at least two of them. Talk about that when I come back here on Wrestling City, Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back to Wrestling City, a pro wrestling podcast. Um, so we're going to get into the champions versus champions matches for Survivor Series as my dog is trying to gain my attention here. <laughs> if you guys heard her make her little cry sound, she's... Uh, Begging for my attention here, so. But, nonetheless, anyways, whatever you want to say, we're going to talk more Survivor Series. We got champions versus champions. We're going to kick it off by talking about Bobby Lashley, the United States champion. Member of the Hurt Business. Taking on Sami Zayn, the Intercontinental Champion on SmackDown. Now... This match, when you look at it on paper, when you look at it, you know, statistically, whatever you want to say, Bobby Lashley has the upper hand on this one. He does. I mean, size-wise, everything. I mean, Bobby Lashley has the upper hand on this one. Now, Sami Zayn has been known to pull some, you know, slick tactics, you know, 
getting people counted out to keep the championship. We've seen him, you know, at uh, at Clash of Champions, you know, winning that triple threat ladder match against AJ and, and Jeff Hardy when he uh, handcuffed Jeff Hardy's ear to the ladder and AJ Styles to the ladder. They were both on. He handcuffed him to that to win the Intercontinental Championship. Um, you know, I don't think that Sami Zayn is going to pull those tactics on Bobby Lashley. And I'm sure Ryan could say the same. We both went with Bobby Lashley on this one. We get into the women's championships. The um, Asuka, the Raw Women's Champion against Sasha Banks, the SmackDown Women's Champion. Now, as we've seen, Sasha Banks is having some problems with Carmella the past couple weeks. She got past Bailey. She won the Women's Championship at Hell in a Cell. She defeated Bailey two weeks later on SmackDown when she defended against Bailey, and got her first her first uh, victory as a champion. Because every time she's been champion, she's been transitional. This time she wasn't. But now she has to face Oscar. And the last time she met Oscar, not counting the time that she won the, you know, Raw Women's Championship. At, uh, I believe it was Clash of Champions. But, or no, I'm sorry. It was Extreme Rules. When Sasha won the Raw Women's Championship. But then Asuka ends up winning. So, Asuka ends up, well, technically keeping the Raw Women's Championship. And defeating... Sasha Banks, you know, Sasha coming out thinking she was the champion, you know, claiming she was the champion, Bailey threw on that referee shirt, you know, so, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of history there, a little bit of history between Asuka and Sasha, and Asuka has had more of the upper hand on Sasha, and talking to Ryan, he said that he feels like Sasha has the upper hand this time. Sasha is, is, is on a hot roll right now, and and he thinks that Sasha is going to beat Asuka. I think otherwise. I think Asuka's going to get this win. I have a feeling that Carmella, who's been you know, giving Sasha a hard time the past couple weeks, is going to get involved in this match. And it's going to cost Sasha to lose to Asuka. So Ryan took Sasha... And I'm taking Asuka. We get into the tag team titles. And the reason why I saved these last two matches for last. Because there's a lot of roles that are played in this. Number one, the tag teams. The New Day, Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, the Raw Tag Team Champions. The Street Profits, SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And these two teams, back during the draft, simply just swapped championships. Well, Big E got drafted to SmackDown, which leaves Big E on his own. Now, we've seen the past couple weeks, the Street Profits and Big E having their little vignettes backstage on SmackDown. Do I have a feeling that Big E gets involved in this match? I do. I don't think he'll physically get involved, but... I have a feeling that he will be down at ringside during this match. 
or will come down to ringside during this match and be involved in some capacity. Because not only has he been running these vignettes with Street Profits in the back, but his New Day buddies are on Raw. The pieces of the puzzle are there, so I know I don't really have to talk too much about it. I know everybody can see it. The writing's on the wall. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully whoever's thinking this is wrong, because this could be one of the best tag team matches of the year. This could be. Very easily. So, Ryan's going with the Street Profits on this one. I'm going with New Day, just due to the fact that I have a feeling that Big E is going to be at some capacity down at ringside. We get into the main event. Well, it should be the main event. We don't know how the match card's going to be. You know, WWE sometimes likes to switch it up. They sometimes have non-title matches. Well, non-champions-involved you know, matches in the main event. So, this is set to be the main event. The newly won, two-time now, WWE Champion Drew McIntyre, who recently just won the WWE title on Raw, back from Randy Orton, to take on the Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Now, Drew McIntyre has been having his issues with Randy Orton. Drew McIntyre has also been having some issues with The Miz and John Morrison. And could there be a possibility of a title change or a title, you know, being a, a new champion being born at Survivor Series? Yes, because The Miz holds that Money in the Bank briefcase. And Drew McIntyre has been having some problems with The Miz and John Morrison as of late. And this is probably not the best time to be having problems with The Miz and Morrison just due to the fact that The Miz is Mr. Money in the Bank. So he can cash in on Sunday. And then you look over on the SmackDown side and you got Roman Reigns. You got Roman Reigns to where his last issue was with Drew McIntyre. The man he is facing at Survivor Series. But both these men do have to worry because The Miz can also cash in on Roman Reigns. I think Drew McIntyre has more of a worry. Because what we're seeing on SmackDown right now with Roman Reigns. And being at the head of the table. The Tribal Chief. He's starting to build his stable. He's got Jey Uso. Could we see Jimmy Uso come into the mix? Could we see more people like Tamina or Nia Jax? end up in that stable possibilities big possibilities Ryan went with Drew McIntyre on this one I'm going with Roman Reigns Roman Reigns the only thing he has to worry about is whether the Miz cashes in on him or not other than that Roman Reigns doesn't have many issues now could we see a surprise happen to where maybe I don't know somebody like Brock Lesnar comes back 
Now, there has been a speculation of a Brock Lesnar return. But if they're going to start building for something like Royal Rumble or, or even WrestleMania, they do sometimes start now. So, right now, as it looks, Roman Reigns does not have many issues but The Miz. That's pretty much it. Where Drew McIntyre, he's been having issues with The Miz. Hell, Randy Orton, I'm sure, is pissed off that he lost Drew McIntyre on Monday. And could possibly want to come down and cost Drew the match. Who knows? But then you also got Bray Wyatt, the Fiend. Who is on Raw. And like Alexa Bliss says, he never forgets. And yeah, Drew McIntyre hasn't had too many or any at all runs and run-ins with Bray Wyatt the Fiend. But it seems like the Fiend wants the championship. Because when you think of it, he gets in these little feuds, and then his next feud is for a championship. That's how the uh, the dice has rolled the past couple months, past maybe year. And we look back at the history, you know, won the Universal title from Seth Rollins, lost it from Goldberg, Goldberg lost it at Mania. And then the Fiend went after Braun. Fiend wins the title. He lost it from Roman. So, if you look at the past year, that's how it's rolled with the Fiend. I could be wrong. I could be wrong that we see the even see the Fiend on Sunday. But there's many different things that can happen. Many different things that can happen. Even though this pay-per-view is set up the way it is, things can still happen. Big things can still happen. And I guess we all just have to sit back and watch. I'm going to take a 30-second break. And I'll get back and we're going to talk about one more thing that's going to be happening in Survivor Series. I think you guys know what it is. Be right back on Wrestling City, a pro wrestling podcast. What's up, Wrestling City fans? This is Mike from Wrestling City, a pro wrestling podcast. You know, the holidays are coming up, and I know with this pandemic, things are going to be a little shaky, a little tough, not so easy to get for your friends or family, or even that secret Santa at work for your coworker that, uh, you know, you pick their name out of the hat or the bag or however you're going to do it at work. And if you have any spending limits, I got the perfect place. I mean, they may like getting a tattoo. They may like getting a piercing. They may need new, need new jewelry for that piercing they already have existing. Or they may have a tattoo they want to get covered up. You know, something they got in the past and uh, they don't like right now and they're not going to like in the future. I got the perfect place. Here in Allentown, Pennsylvania, I got the perfect shop to go to. Critical Acclaim Tattoo. They're located at 3035 
Lehigh Street, Allentown, Pennsylvania, 18103. I get my tattoo work done there, and I get my piercings done there. Great staff. Brandon's a great owner, and he's got a great staff of people working for him. Shelby, Lulu, even Aaron, and beyond. He's got a few people helping out the shop throughout the weeks, and they'd like to see you guys walk in. And hey, even though we got to wear those masks right now to protect ourselves from COVID-19, they still would like to see your smiling faces walk through the door every day. So head over to Critical Acclaim Tattoo, 3035 Lehigh Street, Allentown, Pennsylvania, or you can give them a call to schedule an appointment, 610-433-8282. Again, that's Critical Acclaim Tattoo at 3035 Lehigh Street, Allentown, Pennsylvania, 18103. The phone number again is 610-433-8282. Welcome back to Wrestling City, a pro wrestling podcast. So there's one more thing that's going to be happening at Survivor Series. And that is the final farewell of The Undertaker. The dead man. The American badass. Whatever you want to call him. Because in the 30 years of this man's career, we've seen him change a few times, but always tended to stay in the same, you know... The, the same circle, I guess you can call it. I mean, we see him come out as the Undertaker, the dead man. And we've seen him, you know, transition into, like, that cult leader type Undertaker. And then we've seen him turn into the American badass. Then he went back to the dead man. Like, this man has changed, but not changed. And... We all talk about the Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling. We all have our own Mount Rushmores of pro wrestling. You know, and, and you know, the, 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 the hard part about that is it all depends on what era you grew up in. For example, if you go and talk to, you know, a 10 or 11 year old and say, you know, who's on your Mount Rushmore of, of, of pro wrestling? They're going to say guys like, you know, John Cena and Roman Reigns. Like, guys that have been performing the past, you know, 10 years. And then if you go back, you know, to people that are in their 20s and, you know, going into their 30s. You're going to have your Attitude Era guys. You know, guys from WCW, guys from ECW, WWF slash WWE. You know, they're going to have their Mount Rushmore's there. It's all about age demographic when it comes to Mount Rushmore's. So, for example, I'm 35. Well, going to be 35. I'm 34 now. I'll be 35 in July. So would The Undertaker be on my Mount Rushmore? Yes. Yes. But would he be on the Mount Rushmore for... You know, the younger generation, the, the, the past 14 years, you know, kids that are 14 years or younger, probably not. Because they caught almost the back end of The Undertaker's career. You got to think, we're going into WrestleMania 37. So if you think 14 years ago, that's WrestleMania 23. So... WrestleMania 24, 23, we've seen Undertaker take on 
You know, who was it? Mark, I think it was Mark Henry at 23. Was he at 22 or 23 to go Mark Henry, nonetheless? But you go to WrestleMania 24, he took on Edge. 25, 26 was Sean. 27, 28 was Triple H. 29, CM Punk. 30, Brock Lesnar. 31, Bray Wyatt. 32, Shane McMahon. 33, Roman Reigns. WrestleMania 34 didn't perform. Or no, he did perform at 34 against John Cena. WrestleMania 35, he didn't perform. And then WrestleMania 36, the graveyard match, boneyard match with AJ. That's your that's that's basically your history right there of the Undertaker in 14 years. Those kids didn't get to see his matches, his earlier matches. You know, Superfly, Snooka, Giant Gonzalez, the matches with Kane. You know, Diesel, Sid. You didn't get to see those matches. So, they really got to see the back end of... The Undertaker's career. But I think this is going to be a really cool segment. I hope they make it longer than 15 minutes. I hope they make this at least 30 minutes. I'm hearing it's going to be 30 minutes. So hopefully it is. Hopefully it's something decent. And not just a low watered down segment. Yeah, there have been rumors that he's going to start a program with The Fiend. It's going to lead into WrestleMania. There's been all types of rumors. But hopefully this runs 30 minutes. Hopefully this is a good segment. It ain't watered down. I guess we'll have to find out. So, I'm going to end on the note of next week. Me and Ryan are probably going to talk about our favorite Undertaker match or matches for a few minutes. I don't want to talk about mine alone without him. So, I'm going to wait until I have my tag team partner. So we can talk about the Undertaker's career. And talk about what our favorite matches are. Well, were. And what our favorite moments were. Thank you guys for joining me today this uh this wasn't easy without my tag team partner but we made it through we got survivor series on sunday night it's gonna be awesome i think it's gonna be a good pay-per-view hopefully it is hopefully we uh you know we have we're, we're definitely looks like you look at the paper you look at the card it's gonna be it looks like it's gonna be an exciting event i'm excited to see it i'm extremely excited to see what they do with the undertaker segment so I think this is going to be a good pay-per-view. So, for Wrestling City, a pro wrestling podcast, my name is Mike. Rode solo today without my tag team partner, Ryan. He'll be back next week, though. We'll be back at full force. Until then, have a good one, guys. Enjoy Survivor Series, and we'll see you next week.